the thing that I kind of been on my soapbox about that I that I've been telling you know as far as with rates and and hours of service and everything else is we in, in the trucking industry we you know I, I, my analogy is we have to stop being the magic eraser. They expect for the carriers to be the magic erasers for everything that the shippers and the receivers do, and and and, mm-hmm. and we're not being compensated for it. This. Is Overdrive Radio. I'm Todd Dills. Who you were hearing there at the top of that apt magic eraser metaphor is independent owner operator Rico Muhammad. Based in Atlanta, he runs a two truck reefer fleet hauling on a contract, among other freight, a produce warehouse that supplies a major cruise line. And Muhammad regular overdrive readers might recognize as the host of the Rates and Lanes Blog Talk Radio streamed podcast show every Wednesday for business discussion. Also available on demand after the fact. Find the show at blogtalkradio.com slash rates. Muhammad's also a guy who's done something I know a lot of overdrive readers have yet to do. He's been running fully electronic, tethered to the engine for logs for quite some time now. In our interview with him, we discussed elements of the e-log transition that will be germane to many of you out there, given his business model with direct customers, but also quite a lot of experience with brokers on the spot market in his recent past. The jury remains out, he says, on whether more widely used e-logs will prove to be something more than just another, more rigid way of logging hours. But as with some other owner-operators out there, I know he's hopeful e-logs at least can give truckers another tool with which to combat detention issues to sort of slow off the magic eraser role carriers have too often played in the supply chain. He starts here talking about part of his reasoning behind getting into the e-log game early, referencing the late hour, with scarcely five weeks left before the December 18 deadline and, according to Overdrive's most recent polling, around a third of owner-operators still unsure about what they're going to do come the deadline. There's hope, some hope anyway, for a delay yet, with some congressional support, but it's getting more and more slim by the day. You know, this is one of the reasons why I was trying to go ahead and get a be an early adopter of it, because I wanted to avoid this madness, this mad rush. I mean, I'm still getting bombarded by people trying to uh, sell their systems or whatever, but uh, and not to say that you know I'm not a, I'm opposed to trying something different, but I, I just didn't want. I, I knew that you know you're gonna have every you're gonna have the the, the majority of people being the the last holdouts. You know, you right. to cry my paper laws with my cold dead hands, so to speak. There's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of folks out there post the mandate, of course, and they're just fine with doing things how they how they have been doing them and. Uh, Kind of the nature of a lot of stuff like this. Um, I guess if you're a, if you're a one truck operator, it's uh, it, it's it, it seems like a fairly quick switch, I guess. But it was one that was one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. Um, I give folks a little bit of a. I guess we've already kind of been through this a little bit in the feature story I wrote earlier in the year. But you and I have talked a lot about this. But uh, I thought now would be a good time to kind of. I don't know, run back through it a little bit of it again and just kind of give you guys, guys an idea of what they might be able to expect given the... And I think the nature of what you do is pretty similar to what a lot of folks that 
you've been doing e-logs here for a couple of years now, right? Right. Yeah, we got started initially. Uh, we were using uh, the Big Road app. Um, we started out with that one where it operates on your smartphone. And, and Big Road has made some uh, some changes to come into a little bit better compliance issue because I had a uh, I had an issue when I had a driver. Actually, I had an issue with myself and a driver. Uh, had a driver get put out of service in the state of Missouri, and I also got put out of service in the state of Missouri uh, running the big road application because um, you have to have, was not aware at that time, but you have to have your own printer inside of the truck, and then you would have to have, uh, they wanted for it to be compliant and Big Road has addressed that, uh, where you don't have to have the printer, uh, the uh, the uh, plug into the motor. All right. So they wanted it. They wanted it to the folks in Missouri, and I've heard about this from other folks too. I know you and I talked about it before, but they wanted they wanted more than uh, they they were expecting you to if you're running something on a smartphone to to be using an actual AOBRD where you're connected to the engine. Uh, right. Up. And if not, and if not, they really wanted you to print their log. Like they didn't want to look at your device, basically. Right. They didn't want to. They didn't want to look at them. They would not accept you emailing them directly to them. Um, right. They 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 had very. They they were not. Um, no room to work with you at all. They were just you know if, if it's not this if you don't have it this way. This is the way that we need to have it, and if you don't have it this way, it's ten hours out of service. Clear cut. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not giving you any leniency, even though we can see uh, that your, your, everything that you have matches up according to what you have. But if you can't give it to us the way that we want it, go take a nap. And that was a couple of years ago when you ran into that, right? Right, right. And uh now, you know, we've been using the uh the uh fleet edition T and D, I think T and D seven sixty through Rand McNally. And of course that plugs into the motor. So uh haven't had nowhere near the issues when I have gone through an inspection when it comes to uh hours of service with that, haven't had nowhere near the issues. They normally just look at it. They'll ask me to show them the uh, recap, and really, they'll keep it moving. But I think that uh, I think that guys are going to have to make sure that they are being a little bit more um, thorough when they're doing the even with the uh, EOBRs, because I think that they're going to start scrutinizing those a little closer to make sure that you are inputting uh, bill of lading numbers and things of the nature such as that as they do with the uh, paper logs. Right. How much so, do you use um, on that, on that uh, device? Are you, every time you're making a status change, do you annotate it um, uh, using the little, the small section for that to kind of explain what the, what the status change was or, you know, account for... Okay. Well, most of the time, 
um, by default, you know, it, it picks up when you start driving and when you stop. Right. Uh, and, and by default, when you if you're driving and when you stop, it automatically throws you on the uh, on-duty line. It doesn't throw you on off-duty right. or sleep first. It automatically throws you on the on-duty line. So sometimes you may have to come back and correct that um, and, and, and make sure that it's showing off-duty or whatever the present current status is uh so you have to kind of watch uh, make sure that you're watching that um to make sure that you, you you're not burning up too uh burning up your time uh, just just not just really nearly not really paying attention to what it is that you're doing but if you if you do go in and manually change your uh your your status your duty status it'll give you uh It'll, they they just recently sent an updated patch through through on the uh, on on our Rand McNally to where mm-hmm. it gives you certain prompts to uh, indicate what it is that's going on on there. Are you checking into the customer? Are you doing a safety inspection? Or you okay. know it, it's got it's got so it's got some prompts on there now that if you are that if you manually doing it. It'll it'll prompt it, but if you don't if you don't manually do it, it won't prompt you. But if you go back and you go back and change to update it or correct it, if you if you're going off duty or whatever, it'll it'll give you a, a couple of little prompts to make sure that um, you are indicating what it is that's going on on that particular uh, duty status change. I've had uh, a lot of the folks at the state level and. The- federal level to sort of uh, emphasize that those kinds of things and and manual entry of annotations are going to be sort of key in, you know, a lot of the kinds of exceptions that that you hear about often, you know, that guys, I know a lot of guys that haven't really run with the LDs wonder about, which is, uh, you know, the stuff that we've talked about, the big detention quagmire situations where you're you know, your 14 runs out while you're at the location and you can't stay there. Or, you know, you're looking for a place to park and you're running out of time and you have to keep it going. Those kinds of things. Um, do you run into those kinds of situations um, that we all hear about so much out there on the road? And I know what the what the, Fed, what the uh, enforcement folks say is, you know, in those kinds of situations. situations well, it like it happened. Slog it like it happened. And annotate it, and you you ought to be okay going down the road with any reasonable officer. Now, reasonable officer, perhaps being uh, oxymoron. I, I, but, uh, I haven't ran into that particular because I'm I've been fortunate enough to where I have a lot of the same customers that I service. So um, I have a relationship to where. Um, that's that I haven't really ran into that, so to speak. Um, yeah. I, 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 I experienced something that that's here recently. Now, I did experience something before when I was doing some stuff where that that was an issue. I was at a uh, I was uh, going to a place to actually get loaded the following morning. And, uh, you know, you try to get as close to your place as you can. And uh, there was a place right across the street from the plant that I was trying to go to. 
but they had enough room over there for a truck to pull over and, and you know, to be there and, and really be out of the way. Well, I guess it was, um, this was down in Jacksonville, Florida, kind of like, I wasn't exactly that, but it was down there, one of those, one of those uh, paper plants down that way. And um, the uh, security, they had security come out there and, and, and basically run me off. And I'm like, man, this is not even y'all's property, but it's like, you know, we'll, we'll call the sheriff and we'll ban you from the property and you know the whole little spiel about that. You'll never you'll never get another load here again and all that other stuff. But um so something there there's you know, when we're running into those issues and I think that I'm not really sure how um uh, how big of a Pandora's box this is gonna be when everybody actually has to go on the laws and, and because I, I I it's going to be really interesting, in my opinion. It's really going to be interesting to see how the parking situation is going to play out. Um, mm-hmm. Because you, there, there are times now where you go to the truck stops in the vicinity and they are packed by six, seven o'clock in the afternoon or in the evening, rather. And um, and if you don't have, uh, like right now, like I say, my situation, I'm kind of blessed with where I don't have. I don't have that issue because a lot of my customers, you know, we we can have a conversation and we got a relationship to where uh, they are more understanding and, and more lenient with with dealing with me, and I can kind of uh, adjust adjust what I need to do. But you know, I'm I'm fully aware. I'm not disillusioned that that's not the case for everybody, and it's it's really going to be super interesting to see how it plays out because there's this there's definitely going to be a parking issue and even with all of the different things that the uh, truck stops and, and with the uh, call ahead reserve parking and all the other stuff even with all of that stuff in play and, and, and the rest areas are, are, are packed out it's still going to be I think we're going to have a little bit of a quagmire on our hands um when it comes time for, you know, when everybody, you know, I know everybody didn't start to stop at the same time, but I just think that we're really going to have, uh, it's really going to get really interesting on that, on that front right there, as far as the parking, mm-hmm. adequate parking and, and, um, and, 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 and the other thing with the amount of rest areas that a lot of states are closing down, it's, it's, it, I mean, it, that's not, that, that's kind of exacerbating the issue as well. Right. Well, what did you do in this uh, particular case you were just talking about there? So you, you're you're off duty, um, and I'm, I'm assuming that you're probably in the middle of your 10-hour off-duty period when uh, you get run off by security at this place that you're delivering to. Bit of a misstatement there on my part, as attentive listeners will note. Muhammad was not delivering to the location, but rather staged to load there the next morning. And he was run off by security. What do you do? Well, How do you log that? How do you log that with your with your electronic log? What did you do? And, uh, and where did you what go? I did at the, what I did at the time, and, and I'm not sure. And, and I might be just I'm, you know that may be something that I need to seek out to see. If, uh, I probably didn't do it the correct way. All I did was uh, I knew that there was a Walmart about um, five miles up the road, 
Okay. Now, that's the other that's the other issue with the uh, electronic law. Some of them, have, at least with the Rand McNally, I know that that's one of the little tricks that you can do with the Rand McNally. That if you are below a certain speed and if you don't travel over a certain, I think it's about two point five or three miles, it won't it won't change your duty status. So it gives you a mm-hmm. little bit of a fudge factor in there, but. Yeah. Uh, and in, in, in this particular case that I was telling you about, what I did was um, I put myself on uh, personal conveyance because I was empty. Okay, um, right. I put myself on personal conveyance and I just moved. I'm not sure that's a, that's because, because the personal conveyance exception is a little bit of a gray area. Yep. Uh, letter of the law, letter of the law, you may be okay there, but I'm not entirely sure. You know, I think probably letter of the law, what you Maybe have, should have maybe should have done there is um, but what the what the people at the fed in the fed the federal government are are telling me is you know they view that you're you're staging to load you know you're in the stream of commerce at that point uh, right. personal conveyance you know and you're looking for a place to park to stage still personal conveyance is not doing it but what they say there is to you know that's a special case circumstance you can't that's out of your control you have to move the truck. Um, right, and you have to violate. If, if you have to, if you, you have to violate the regs. There, you just do it, annotate it, note the circumstances of what went on, and just go on down the road and go about your business. And that's and that's that's part of the thing that a lot of guys is upset about is that you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Now, if it's if it's federal regulation, then then how is it that the local municipalities can come right back behind us? And say, well, you got to move, or we're going to tow or impound your your equipment. You know, right. um, that's that's a real issue that uh, you know that still hadn't been properly addressed. Right. I wonder though, you know, once you, if you get enough, if we got this thing goes through, something it does, and we're down, we're going down the road, and um, everybody starts doing it that way. Um, you know, Treating these special cases in the same way, just like we talked about. Um, I wonder if at a certain point it becomes a. I mean, it's a nuisance issue to be run off from a spot like that. But from the point of hours enforcement, I wonder if it becomes so regular that uh, law enforcement starts to view it as what it is. You know, uh, it's a it's a special case. It's undeserving of any kind of a violation during inspection or whatever. You know, you know what I mean. Like uh, maybe it becomes a little bit of a non-issue once it becomes so prevalent. I don't, you know, that's a hopeful point of view, obviously, <laughs> when you're talking about roadside enforcement. Right. What do you think? There, did you have you do you do you go through a lot of inspections uh, where, uh, like after that, where you inspected where you uh, probably weren't, but. Uh, did, did you have an officer scrutinizing that use of personal conveyance, you know, or not? No, I was. Uh, I, I didn't have an issue with it. Um, I didn't have. I, I didn't go through an inspection, so to speak. Um, yeah. And 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 yeah, I don't know. I, you know, that's the thing. I, like I say, that's going to be. Uh, you know. Uh, it's going to play out in real time here pretty soon, right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Right, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. Um, I think I think a lot of the law enforcement people that I talk to 
you know, they're, they're, they know they're talking to me, so they're putting the good foot forward, the best face forward. And they, I mean, they say the same kind of thing, you know, like, uh, a lot of things about this rule we're not sure about. You know, we know you guys aren't as well, so we're, you know, we're going to be as reasonable as we can. And, and uh, if we're not sure about something, we're just going to kick it down the road. We'll see if that bears out, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. You're running um, TND, the TND 760, which is, um, I guess, technically AOBRD. I don't think Ram McNally has certified any of their devices yet on the on the SMCSA registry. Um, but with that AOBRD, you'll be good through the end of 2019. Do you know, have you talked with them at all about what they're planning to do there? Are they just going to kind of send out software updates to get in line with the ELD spec, or is nothing going to work? Well, I'm I'm looking at, uh, it's funny because I'm considering making a swap. Um, okay. I've been talking to my, um, my cell phone provider, and they have... Uh, they're kind of throwing their hat in the arena, and they also have some other little features where um, they're going to, they they uh, have tablets that they are trying to that they're 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 pushing like tablets for sure. uh, some of the fleets, and they have some type of uh, I guess they have like a a thing to plug into the motor as well to meet yep. that requirement. But then it also has a way, uh, and I'm I'm, I'm going to see how this works out. I'm trying to find out how exactly how this works out, but sort of like how UPS does with their uh, with their system, where I can also upload um, documents, uh, bill of mm-hmm. lading documents, so that uh, when I go deliver, instead of me having, instead of me lugging around the old paper documents, then I can do kind of like UPS and just have a digital uh, have them sign yep. with their finger or whatever, and and um, and I can ha- capture capture the uh, capture the signature for the uh, proof of delivery and uh, email that back directly to my customer at the time, and yep. uh, you know kind of kind of make the whole uh, um, accounting and, and POD process a little bit more streamlined. Yep. Can you not do that with the uh, Raymond Nelly device? Uh, I don't have a tablet. I know Ram McNally has a tablet, but my the, the yeah. TND model that I have is not a tablet. It's it's uh, hardwired directly into the vehicle. So right. so no, you can't do that with the one with the particular the one in particular that I have. You do you have can't, you can't take it out of the you can't take it out of the truck and go interact with the customer directly with it. Yeah. No, right, okay. no. I was gonna say, who's your which which uh, other device you're looking at? Is it Verizon or AT and T? It's uh, actually a Sprint. It's a Sprint, okay. Okay. I have not heard of what they what they're offering. Yeah, they have a, a AOE. Uh, the, the, they have yeah, that's but, kind of their platform. Matter of fact, they sent me a uh, they sent me an email on. I kind I can't remember the name of the company or whatever that is that is through or whatever, but. Okay. Of course, you know it's uh, uh they they have a thing where they're basically they're pushing uh that you they'll give you the the, the device they just they're just gonna they trying to get you up on the uh the monthly service bar but they sure. they basically will give you the device uh to get to bring you on board. Yep. 
yeah, that's kind of the model for most of these providers for sure. I think a couple of, I think I think just about all of the cell phone providers are probably going to be uh trying to throw their hat into that arena because I think that they see that that there's a um there's a lucrative niche that could be had there. Yep. I think they are and so I mean that's that's an example though that changes your thinking of making up uh, of an area I was gonna ask you about and uh, was, you know, have you have you gotten other utility out of um the T and D seven sixty that you're using now or you know, other than just uh, you know, doing electronic logs or has it enabled you to do other things and or um did it present did it moving to ELDs present any challenges to your your uh, sort of customer relationships that you that you built already that, that you had to navigate your way through. You know, you have to kinda you have to kinda educate your customer a little bit as well. You have to kinda let them know. Um I I currently uh still doing a contract with uh I'm delivering to some uh do, delivering to one of the major cruise lines. So the, my customer is actually actually the one that has the contract with the cruise line. I, I, sh I should re I should restate that. But my customer that I have, which is a, a, a produce warehouse, they get want a contract to deliver the Carnival cruise lines, and they yeah. want. And so I have to kind of explain to them, which they have their own trucks as well. So, but they want to load you at certain times, and I and I have to explain to them, look, it, this it makes no sense. For us to load the product at this time because I can't move with it. It doesn't have to be to the ship to and we got a, a mm. big window that we that we have to meet the ship. Um let's not burn up hours of service just for you know, because once the fourteen hour clock starts, it starts. So let's not just mm. not you know, willy nilly burn up our time. Let's try to be efficient with when uh we load and when we move everything so they they've made some concessions because they used to like to load uh they used to like to load early in the afternoon uh like two or three o'clock in the afternoon and now i've gotten them to the point to where we can you know we can load closer to 11 p.m or midnight that gives us the best opportunity to start our 14 hour clock and get to the ship and so that everybody's happy. Um, yeah. So you, you get there and you stage and you load and then start moving overnight. Right. Right. So you know it, it, that 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 you know just trying to educate them and let them know. Um, I you know and they are somewhat aware of the the regulations because like I say that they have trucks in their fleet as well. So they they've been a little bit better to work with on on, on that type of issue. Well, I think that you're going to run into some problems. Going to be interesting is on the spot market. Uh, yeah. Trying to get um, stuff situated on the spot market, especially by appointment. Uh, you know, it's notorious that most of the people know of on on my side of the business, which is the refrigerator side of the business. You know, most people know that it's notorious that you know places like the chicken houses and stuff like that, where you're moving fresh chicken, they 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 you know they don't really start processing the chickens until you bump the dock, and so you're there ten, twelve hours sitting in the dock. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's 
crazy. Uh, you know, I, I I choose not to even deal with that type of business. But even even when you got places like your your big um, refrigerated uh, uh, distribution house, like Americos and stuff like that, Americo here in Atlanta, they are notorious for you know six seven hour waits at the dock. Uh, so we have to, you know, we have to show how screwed up the system is, the way that, that, that on both ends, where the quagmire is. And we have to start holding everybody on this end, on each end responsible for what it is that they are doing. You know, you can't expect for me to be here on time and then you want to, uh, uh, you, you, you hold me mercifully. And then if I'm here 30 minutes, if I arrive 30 minutes late because your shipper held me up, then you want to find me, you know, what 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 sense does that make? What, what where's the sense of 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 fairness in in any of that? Uh and then on top of that, you know, I'm not getting comp you you fight me tooth and nail and you don't want to compensate me for for the detention. Even if if I if I arrive on time or if I you know, the whole night, you don't want so you, you kind of feel as a as a independent motor carrier, um, you kind of feel damned if you do, damned if you don't. And you know, I have one of the uh, on my podcast. I ha I have uh, Hank Seaton on uh, at least once a month, and mm -hmm. uh, and and we try to talk about the legalities of how do we hold these people accountable, and 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 how do we uh, how can we get this across in our contracts and stuff like that and you know and it's it's really to be truthful to be 100 percent truthful it's really tough sledding when you are a small guy in the in, in the in the in the lake with all the big fish you know what i'm saying yeah. it's hard to get stuff to get some kind of accountability uh across to it's, it's either you have to negotiate hard as hell and you may get something or you just or you just have to kind of draw the line in the sand and, and turn away, you know, and you can't keep turning away. You can only turn away business for so long before that comes back to bite you. So, um, but, but but something is going to have to give uh, on on that whole detention and, and the marriage part that um, you know the the small guys are really feeling the crunch on that. And then you get you know you get people that. Uh, whether it be brokers or whatever that think that, you know, well, we'll give you ten, fifteen dollars an hour for your detention after four or five hours. And that's that that's a bunch of malarkey because, you know, you you're sitting there with you you're holding a truck and a trailer and they in and in some cases a driver, even though you may be a uh you may be an owner operator or whatever, but if you're not an owner operator, if you if you have more than one truck and you got a guy in that truck. Now you got an employee that his income is being affected because he's not driving. So you know, ten, twenty, fifty dollars—the same amount of uh, rate that they were trying to get away with back in the nineteen eighties and seventies—is not going to cut it. You know, right. a, a fair rate of detention, in my honest, in my humble opinion. Should start at seventy five dollars an hour because, like I say, you got the truck and the trailer and a driver. You got three uh, uh, critical pieces of your operation that are not being productive. Yep. 
for the time frame that is being that is being uh, held up at at a dock. And and the tension is it should not be. And, and the thing about it, I think that most people you don't want. I don't want to try to collect the tension. The tension is a deterrent. It's not. It's not something yeah. that we for as an extra as an extra profit center. We we try to use that as a as a deterrent to try to hey get me loaded and let me go. Let me get productive. I don't, you know, I don't want to have to go through the whole process of well, let's let's apply for the detention. You know, yeah. and and truck is one of the very few industries that, for the life of me, I don't know how it got so. You know, I I I I, I try to pick Hank Seaton's brain on this one all the time. I don't understand how we as service providers, it's really really really, well, the only industry that I know of is so crazy. That we have to accept what it is that is given to us. We don't have the, um, you know, mainly when you go to a place to go for you, get your car worked on or anything like that. They have the disclosure. They have the contract here. You got to sign right here. Uh, this is the rate. Um, this is if, if you run into this situation right here. This is what it. This is what it is. And and they tell you know we they kind of dictate terms and, and you have to accept those terms, whereas yeah. and and, and uh, on our industry it it's supposed to be said that they're bilateral contracts, but really they're they're just one sided contracts that we are just kind of pigeonholed into when we're dealing with especially on um, you know spot market rates and and a lot of the uh, a lot of the brokerage houses they're very few. Yeah. Brokerage contracts that are even-handed and fair, in my honest estimation. All the leverage, uh, or most of the leverage, anyway, is on the side of the the broker in those cases, and it's kind of like uh, the, the sexual service providers sort of uh, being dictated to in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, um, maybe. I mean, does. Uh, the, the ELDs give, uh, in your view, uh, give truckers uh, another tool to kind of work that, uh, work that sort of lack of back and forth back to some 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 kind of advantage, or is it or is it just another another way to do hours? The jury is still out on that one, Ty. Um, yeah. I'm real. I'm really hopeful that. Um, once we get everybody on them, once it, you know everything goes into effect, I'm really hopeful that we're all going to see um, rates kind of go up. I mean, we've been seeing a little bit of 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 the pinch on the spot market as we've been watching it. We've been seeing the rates kind of go up a little bit. Um, yeah. Actually, I shouldn't I shouldn't say a little bit. Actually, it's been the highest that they've been in quite some time. Uh, it's driven by freight mostly at this point, right? Right, not sure exactly if that's uh, um, 100% because of the. I mean, we know that the storms definitely uh, yeah. are carrying a major effect of that, but we want it's, it's going to be really interesting to see um, once the uh, EOBR and everything kicks in how how much capacity is going to be available and um, how much that's going to affect uh, affect rates. Um, yeah. I know that most of the most most carriers are definitely bumping their rates right now. Most of yeah. the big boys are. Yeah, they're trying to do it, trying to get it done, and uh, I mean, the shippers are 
they've been putting out uh, real early. Uh, well, shippers have been putting out early bid packages, and carriers trying to trying to bump that up early too. Well, I think that we're going to have to find the owner operators are going to have to be. Well, you know, we're going to have to get resourceful, um, and we're going to have to try to find different little niches and stuff like that. We, you know, one of the things that I've been telling people is, hey. You know, excellent book to 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 go out and read and listen to if you're on the road. The book uh, title of it's called "Who Moved My Cheese," and it deals all with change. Um, okay. You know, this is this is this is this is major life altering changes for our industry, and we have to be able to uh, figure out a way to carve out something to make it work. Um, to, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's not to say that. It's going to be smooth sailing because a lot of stuff is going to get exposed in this whole process, and you know that may be a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people like a lot of people like sausages. They don't necessarily like to go, you know, see how their sausages are made. So you know, <laughs> we may be getting what's the name? Right what, and what's the name of that book? Is move my cheese. Who Moved My Cheese? I can't remember the name of the author. Uh, okay. It's a book called Who Moved My Cheese? And it, it's a really quick little, it's a short little book, but it, it deals with, um, um, so it's kind of funny, it talks about mice and, and actually talking about mice and cheese. And it talks about how they do an experiment and, and, you know, how to prepare each day to go out and get the cheese. You know what I'm saying? Because every day the cheese is being, the cheese is being moved. And, and it's, just how do you deal with change? How do you adapt adapt to the different things that are going on? You know, or, or do you continue once once you know where the cheese is? They put the cheese in a certain part of the maze every day. Okay, you know where the cheese is, and then now all of a sudden when you go back, the cheese has been cheese is gone. So it's in a different part of the maze now. Do you continue to go back to that same place where the cheese was, or it's never coming back to, or do you make adjustments now to go out and find where the new area of the maze where the cheese is hit where, where the cheese is hidden in the maze. And um, you know, that's kinda like the little Rico Cliff notes version of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. The author of that book for those overdrive radio listeners who want to go look it up is Dr. Spencer Johnson. And again it's called Who Moved My Cheese. Thanks to Rico for the Cliff Notes versions of it. And as he says, it will be interesting where the cheese goes come December 18th. After all the hassle, I know the e-log implementation has been for so many of you and the effort that's gone into fighting the rule itself. Hopefully it's not too hard to find, as it were. Until next time, this is Todd Dibbs, signing off.